You're listening to episode 36 of the Broken Glass Podcast, how one artist pivoted her music career with Emily V. You're listening to the Broken Glass Podcast, a podcast with a mission to highlight women in the music industry through their stories, from their successes to their trials and tribulations. We'll share tools and resources available to you to make your music dream job come to life or to start that business you've always wanted to own. But most of all, you'll be a part of the Broken Glass community where we support and encourage each other and open the doors to working in music. I'm your host, Christy Jacobson, entrepreneur, music lover, wonderluster, and dreamer. Welcome to the show. Just wanted to pop in here real quick before we get to the interview with Emily V, um, which uh, we had a great conversation and it was one of the first few interviews that I did when the safer at home order started to come into place and the pandemic really kind of took a hold in in the US and we, we chat a lot about how she's gone from, you know, relying on performances and and being on stage to really working from home and and bringing everything to her audience digitally um and I think that kind of goes hand in hand with something that I've actually developed for for you as as artists, as people wanting to start, you know, music businesses online. And it's the top five systems to bring your music biz online. It's a, a PDF download. You can access it at brokenglassmediallc.com slash top dash five dash systems. And that's uh, five, the number, not the the spelling. So it's just the number five. Um, and, you know, there's different tools that I use in at Broken Glass Media to connect with you, to really build a following, to bring my business online. And I think these are tools that are very beneficial to artists or to entrepreneurs, anybody looking to really establish themselves and grow an audience and stay in touch with them too, because it's so important that we we stay in touch with our audiences, especially right now. So there's some great tools in there. Um, and I will also be launching very soon, um, Date TBD, um, an online course to bring your music biz online. And it's going to feature um, these systems really and, and how to utilize them to to bring your career online and to, to really be able to monetize it and to grow your audience so that when we can finally get back out into the world and get back into shows and that you're in touch with your audience, you have, a, you know, a, a full, authentic, genuine following, and you have people who, who really want to, you know, come out and support you. Um, so once again, you can get that PDF at brokenglassmediallc.com slash five, sorry, slash top dash five dash systems. And stay tuned to social media at Broken Glass Media on Instagram and Broken Glass Media LLC on Facebook uh, to hear more about when that course is coming out. And without further ado, here is Emily V. Welcome back to the Broken Glass Podcast. Today I have Emily V with me. So Emily, tell me a little about yourself, what you're doing right now. Hi. Um, so I'm a rock and roll violinist. Um, I'm in the Los Angeles area. And um, right now, um, well, currently right now, I'm staying home. <laughs> <laughs> As is pretty much anybody. <laughs> Stay for at home. Um, but yeah, I actually have a few local bands that I play with a lot. Um, we perform out um, every weekend. We do quite a bit of work doing that. 
Um, I've got a studio at home that I write, I'm working on writing my own music and um, collaborating with some other artists. And um, so periodically, like when certain artists will go out on the road, they'll hire me to come play with them. Um, it, and I do a little bit of teaching on the side, but it keeps me very, very busy. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, and that's pretty cool. Uh, rock violinist. Yeah. Um, how did you, let's, let's kind of go back a little bit. How did you get into music? How did you get into that, you know, that field? Um, so, um, well, back way up when my dad was in grade school, um, his parents had him play. He wanted to play violin and um he played violin for a few years um into high school but then my dad got really into sports water polo stuff like that and so he ended up putting the violin down but um my dad actually was um a pretty good violinist for considering he only played for a few years um my dad actually has a really really good musical ear um, and so when he stopped playing, he had two violins that my grandparents bought for him, but he kept them. And when I was about five years old, uh, my parents pulled these violins out from underneath the bed. And I just remember picking up my dad's violin. I had no previous experience with the violin, nothing. I actually didn't even really know that my dad played at the time. I mean, I was young, you know. And I picked up this violin and I just immediately fell in love. And I told my parents, I, I'm like, I want to be a violinist. That's what I want to do. And I grew up in a big, bigger, kind of a bigger family. I have five brothers. So um, my parents, you know, were like, were, where I grew up, music was not really offered too much in the schools. You know, we had like band and stuff, but we didn't have strings offered. And so for, in order for me to play violin, my parents were going to need to pay for lessons. And at the time, my mom was like, we want to make sure you're serious, you know, that she kind of like waited. So it wasn't until I was, I was 11, I was about to turn 12. And my mom read this article that said, when you turn 12, your brain matures in a way where it makes it a little bit harder for you to learn, say, like a second language or music. And I was still begging my parents for violin lessons. And my mom was like, okay, I'm going to get you violin lessons. And so that was it. Like truly, um, my, my mom got me a violin instructor. My mom took me every week to go do violin lessons. I could not wait to get back home to practice, to learn the next song. I'm classically trained. So I did all my, you know, classical, um, you know, lessons and everything. And I would be out, you know, shopping with my mom as a young girl. And I'd be like, mom, when are we going to get home? My mom's like, I don't know why. I'm like, I have to come home. I have to practice my violin. Like my parents never had to force me to practice. Like I just always wanted to. Um, and sometimes like I would, you know, I had two, both of my dad's violins. So sometimes when my dad came home, my dad worked really long hours. I'd be like, dad, pick up the violin, come on, come play with me. And I'd like kind of force my dad to play um, with me. And my dad has been a construction worker his whole life. And he's done a lot of physical labor as well as played basketball and water polo. So his left hand, he can't really make it into a fist because he's broken so many fingers and he has like screws in there and stuff from doing all the stuff that he's done. So when he plays violin, like he doesn't have like the best technique, but that's, you know, he would still like pick up a violin and play with me or like he'd like, he like 
he has such a good ear. He'd pick out like a Beatles tune and like, and play it on the violin with me. That's really cool. That's kind of how I got started. Now, getting into the rock world, you know, I grew up listening to all classic rock. My parents, um, my parents are still alive and, and super active, but my dad, my mom and dad have a huge LP collection. And I can always remember my dad coming home from work um, after dinner and everything was all done. My dad would go into the office and he would put on the big white headphones and he would lay on the ground and he would put on an album and he would just listen to like, you know, Pink Floyd and the Rolling Stones, the Doors, the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, like all that stuff was stuff I grew up listening to. And I would go in there and my dad would like, I remember my dad putting the headphones on my ears and having me listen and like telling me about like, the songs or the, or the singer or something. And that was really where I got my curiosity with rock music and stuff. You know, I can really vividly remember my dad telling me about Pink Floyd and Sid Barrett and um, their, their album Animals and Metal and all that kind of stuff. And then um, he showed me the band called It's a Beautiful Day. And they're a band from the 60s and they have a violinist in their band and they're like a psychedelic psychedelic rock band. And um, that's where I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. I want to be like a rock and roll violinist. <laughs> yeah, that's a great story. I mean, just to have that support from your family too, because, you know, I know a lot of kids, they want to play instruments and, you know, especially today, it's like, oh no, science, math you know, all that, but to have that support and to to also to be someone who's like, I don't want to go shopping. I want to go play my violin. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, I think it's, um, it's something like, you know, with the new generations coming up, I don't, you know, I tell people, people ask me like, oh, how long have you played violin? I'm like, you know, 25 years, like most of my life, like 25 years of my life. And I don't know that there's a lot of people these days doing something for that long. Right. but I have such a passion for it. Like people ask me like, why do you want to be a rock violinist? Or what's your, you know, I just, I, I have to do it. Like, it's just this, I just, I don't know. I'm so blessed to just even know what I want to do. Um, I come from a really creative family. My mom is an artist. Um, my dad's actually really creative. Um, he's, he does a lot of like uh, woodwork and, and cooking and that kind of stuff. But my mom's actually a visual artist. My mom has gone to school for art. She's an amazing, my mom is an incredible artist. Um, my parents raised six kids and my mom had a business in the home, outside of the home doing art. And so for me to think, oh, I can make a living playing my violin was not, I didn't even, I don't even think twice about it. Like, I don't have any plan B about what I do in life. Like, this is it. I'm doing, I'm a rock and roll violinist. Right. I was just going to ask, you know, what, you know, why would, did you choose music industry over, you know, going for some other career? But it sounds like you've just been, that's what I'm going to do. And, and, you know, I guess too, for you, seeing your mom have a, you know, a business out of art. Yeah. Very helpful too. And, and, and kind of you know, my family, you know, they've been very supportive of all of us, you know, whatever path we want to take, but, you know, they weren't really involved in, in the arts in that sense. So it's, it's, um, you know, my sister, my brother, you know, we all played instruments. 
Um, but they chose more business and, and science routes. So, right. um, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool to see that, you know, that, that somebody, you know, to have all that support too, like you did. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really lucky. Um, all of my brothers are creative in some way, like web designers and illustrators and, you know, kind of one of my brothers kind of computer techie kind of guy. I mean, my parents have been supportive no matter what we've wanted to do. We're all, I think all of us are like really, really smart. I mean, I'm, I'm truly, when I think about my childhood and what, especially what I learned from my mom, being a woman, being an artist, being strong, my mom, you do not mess with my mom. And I get a lot of that from my mom, you know, I mean, I get a lot of that from my upbringing, being with five brothers and being with my dad and, you know, all that. I mean, it's just what, it's just what, what creates us. Right. And, you know, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really lucky in that way. I, um, I remember, um, (laughs) specifically I've told this story before, but, um, my first band quote unquote band, um, which was with like this guy that I had a huge crush on. He ended up being becoming my first boyfriend when I was um, a teenager, but um, we played in like a church band. I was not raised in the church. Like my, my parents have been kind of spiritual, but we weren't really raised in a religious setting. Um, But my, this guy that I had a crush on was in the church and they had like a church band. So I came and started playing violin in this band. Um, And one day, and so I'm playing on my dad's violins, right? So one day we're like rehearsing. I put my violin away and I was talking to somebody when I did it. So I didn't close the violin up all the way. And I picked the violin up. When I picked up the case, the violin case opened and the violin fell out and fell on its face. Oh no. And it was my dad's violin. And the neck of the violin broke off of the body. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go tell my dad this. My dad's going to kill me. And I was so scared to tell my dad. And finally, I was like, I just have to tell my dad. Like, you know, so I went and I told my dad. And my dad, surprisingly, was like so calm and collected and understanding and was like, like, I mean, it wasn't like he wasn't upset, but he wasn't like yelling at me or anything. And he told me, he goes, that's the violin. I used to practice. And your grandmother, his mom came and scared him through the window in one of the rooms that he was playing, like as a joke. And he threw that violin and dropped it. And actually there was like a crack in the back of that violin from my dad dropping it. <laughs> and so we kind of like, there. Wow. <laughs> like, this is the violin we both dropped. Well, um, so at that time, um, I had already been kind of trying to cross over into playing like more alternative music on the violin. Um, I had, uh, my dad, I I can't even remember how all of this happened, but my dad came home with a violin pickup so that I could install it on that violin and actually plug it into an amp and be electric. Um, so he brought that home. We found, um, actually a very famous violin luthier 
here in Los Angeles. So I grew up up north. We sent the violin to him. He fixed the violin, put the neck back on the body. He fi- He actually fixed the back. He didn't really fix it, but he fixed it. It's like a windshield crack. It'll keep cracking. Mm-hmm. So he, he took the violin apart and made sure that it wouldn't crack anymore. And then he installed the pickup on the violin and sent it back. And so now here I am like, I don't know, I was probably maybe 15 or 16. And now I can plug my violin into an amp and like try to play electric violin, which I didn't know what I was doing at all. Like I heard Jimi Hendrix and I was like, I want to, I want to be like Jimi Hendrix on the violin. Like that's what I want to do. And my first boyfriend like gave me my first wall pedal and I like plugged it in and I like, I was like, Oh my God, I'm <laughs> Jimi Hendrix on the violin. I'm like, my poor, my poor parents had to listen to me. Like, <laughs> but that's kind of how that got that ball rolling. Yeah. And that's the kind of way to do it too, is just experiment. Yeah. So I was going to ask what that transition was like to go from classical to rock and, 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 you know, how you, how to even go about that. But that sounds, you know, it's just experimentation really. Um, just kind of figuring yeah. out your own style, your own sound and, and doing, you know, being creative with it. Yeah. I think it's ex- experimenting for sure. And I think uh, like immersing yourself completely in the world, um, you know, one thing about, I actually went to college for music. Um, I ended up um, at one point when I graduated high school, you know, a lot of people told me, you don't want to be a musician. You're going to be unhappy, you know, all these different things. And for, for like a second, I was like, oh, okay, well maybe I'll do something else. And I remember thinking, um, oh, I'll be a writer. Cause I was, I've always been into writing stories, poetry and stuff, which actually has translated into writing lyrics for me to, to this day. Um, so of course, like I'm like young, I thought being an author was going to be easier than being a musician, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, um, I actually got caught. I would sneak into the practice rooms at the college I was at and I would practice my violin and then I would go to work and I got caught by the the music director of the program there, and he ended up um, actually recruiting me into the music program. So I got sucked back into being a music major, and um, so that that was kind of how that happened. I ended up getting a scholarship and moving to go to Long Beach State as a music major. But I was a violin, classical violin performance major. So here I am like wanting to play all this like rock and roll, but I'm like trying to fit into the classical world, which I really didn't. Um, And so really, I would say at that point in my life, I, I was a waitress and I would go after waitressing, there was an Irish pub next door and I would go over to the Irish pub. I wouldn't even drink. I wouldn't even do anything. I would just go in my waitress outfit and I would meet and listen to every band that played And I always had my violin with me. And as people met me and found out that I was a violinist, they'd invite me to come play with them. And that's actually like where, you know, my college years playing with these bands, that's where I started to get comfortable playing with people, being in public and performing, um, experimenting, like you said, and really like immersing myself. And then I created my first band from people I met from there. And that's kind of how it just snowballed after that. Yeah, it's a great way to network and make connections and, and you know, hear, hear what you like and what you want to really be, be doing and be involved in. Um, are there, are there challenges to being a rock violinist? Mm. Um, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, I mean, so it's, it's, um, you know, it's both, a it's both a blessing and 
kind of a curse, I say, because it's it's sort of uncharted territory. There's not a lot of rock and roll violinists in this world comparatively to like guitarists and right. players and drummers and stuff. I mean, the only one I know about besides, you know, you is Lindsey Sterling. So you don't see that, right? Right. It's, it's pretty yeah. uncommon, especially in the pop world or the rock world. Um, so for me, it's all about being out there as much as I can, whether it's live, live performance, online, social media, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, so that people can see what I do, so that people go, ah, I want to collaborate with you, or I want you in my band, or I want to do this with you. Because if people don't see me, they, you don't really know what I do until you see it. Um, a lot of like rock violinists that I come across online, which there's a lot of very talented people out there that I've come across. There's not a lot of people that do what I do, which is take take like the guitar solo and play it on the violin. Um, so it's, that's the challenge. That's the challenge is that I'm very, very unique. Um, but then when people see me, they're like, oh my God, that's awesome. Like, I want you in my band. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I talk a lot too about, um, you know, social media and your online presence and, you know, making sure you're in front of the right audience. And it sounds like, you know, with you, especially being such in such a unique position that you definitely have to just be out there, whether you're, you know, out, you know, in, in the bars and in this, you know, at the shows or whether you're online and really promoting yourself. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And you really need to, you know, think of it like a business too. Like think of it, you know, be that, you know, entrepreneur, that musicpreneur is, is like, I call it, you know, really, really thinking in, in that business sense. And, you know, we discussed before, you know, we came on the, the, the recording here, um, especially right now with all tours and all venues being shut down for, you know, this, you know, COVID-19 and, um, you know, you've really had to shift your, your business. So what, you know, I know a lot of people are in this situation right now too. So what's that been like for you? Um, you know, to go from, you know, being such an, a, a presence on stage and, and in person to shifting that now to online, because that's a very different world. Yeah. So um, I've always, I've always done both. But now with the situation that we have with the coronavirus, it has like, it's, it's literally like the, the world has like a reset button that has been pushed on it. And so we are especially, and I just speak from musicians and artists because that's the world I come from, is we are having to um, redirect, reinvent, and refocus um, what, what we're doing right now and how can we still bring music and joy to people. I mean, because that's what we do, right? I mean, what I do is so therapeutic for myself and therapeutic for everybody that's listening to the music. So how can we still reach our fans without being there in person, which I would have to admit that's, that's probably the hardest thing for me right now. I don't mind staying home. I'm, I'm a bit more of an introverted person. Actually. I don't think that a lot of people would know that about me because I do go out and perform and I talk to fans and I'm, I'm really out there doing my thing. But to be honest, I love being home during the day, working on the studio, writing music, kind of doing my own thing. Um, so that doesn't bother me so much as missing that time on stage to really like uh, just 
be myself and really show the world what I do. Um, so yeah, so for me right now, I've had to really refocus and really redirect myself to writing music and collaborating. I actually have a lot of great collaborations going with other artists online. Um, because I have a studio here at home, I can record remotely. So I'm learning my program, my software's um, really more in depth. Um, I'm, I'm really working on my YouTube channel that I've always wanted to do. Um, so it's, it's actually making me grow in a way that I've always wanted to. So right. I, I think it's good. It's, it's hard. I've lost a lot of income, but I'm staying positive. And um, that's, that's all we can do is, is get through this time. Because even when we are done with this lockdown that we're going through, the musicians are still going to have a hard time. We're going to be in a recession. Um, it is going to be, the, the music industry is changed forever. I, I truly believe that. And I think um, it's forcing a lot of musicians to be more independent with their income and not having to rely on tours and performances. And that way, when tours and performances go away, we're still going to be okay. And that's, I think that's what it's doing for us. Yeah, it's a mindset shift too, really. You know, you really need to, to get out of, um, you know, or just, just change it from, you know, this is how the industry goes to, okay, how can I, how can I do this for myself? How can I think like a, a business person, think like an entrepreneur, really take control of my own career, yes. my own business? Um, you know, that's not to say, you know, still do, you know, collaborations, still connect with people still, but really own it yourself and, and, and learn about the business too. And I think that's so important. I don't know, you know, what your thoughts are about, you know, the business end, but, you know, I feel like there are some artists out there who really don't, you know, they, they understand performing, they understand the creative aspect, but they leave the business for someone else. Right. They so understand any piece of it. And I think it's so important to just, especially yeah. you can see it now. Yes. Some, the people that are struggling are the ones that don't understand yes. even the basics of business. Yes. So that is, I think that is one of the most important aspects of being a musician and especially being a woman in the music industry, because the more you, <laughs> knowledge is power. I mean, it's so cliche, but it is so true because if you know what you're getting yourself into, if you know what the contracts look like, if you know what you need to be doing for these, you know, any, any aspect in music, you're going to be well, way better off. Even if you do eventually hire somebody to help you, you can still look at what they're doing and go, yes, that's what I want. No, that's not what I want. And you can protect yourself financially and all of these different things. I have always been a huge, huge believer that every musician is, a, this is my business. I am my own business, my face, my fingers, my hands, my violin. This is me. This is my brand. What you see is what you get. And I have always treated myself as, as a business. Um, and I'm going back to, you know, what I said about my mom, my mom has always treated her art like a business as well. So I've learned, you know, how to do your taxes, how to take care of your taxes, how to keep track of everything, you know, and now in this situation that we're currently in, it's forced me into a deeper level of doing some of these things. But I have always been very, very hands-on. Even when I have a PR company behind me or somebody helping me do things, I have the knowledge of everything. So it's, it's very important. Very, very important. 
Yeah. And I think the people like you who are, you know, do have that background and, and have all that knowledge, you know, you're going to come out of this and like, okay, what's next? Let's go. Right. Yeah, um, so it's, you know, it's, it's just so important to even just, you know, I know a lot of places are offering free courses right now, you know, yeah. just sign up, learn, you know, just some of the basics, you know, even just blogs too. Um, Pinterest is a great place to go to find even business information, right? Just get, get that knowledge going so you can build your career at this point and then be ready to go as soon as we're yeah. in our houses again. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, I think that whoever's lis- listening to this right now is, I think that part of part of being a business owner, just like you and just like me and you know anybody else, whether you're a man or a woman, I think that you should be dedicating part of your time every week to sharpening your axe and gaining knowledge, reading a book, listening to a podcast something you should people should be doing that no matter what and now we have all this time on our hands to be home get a book read a book they're online they're on amazon they're on it's everywhere we are in the age of 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 knowledge and information and focus on the knowledge that you want for your business and you'll actually attract more of it you know put the news away stop listening to the to the coronavirus stuff i mean it's like we already know we're, we're stuck yeah. at home. We already know. Wash your hands. Be careful. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, don't keep consuming all of that. Consume the stuff that you need to make your business grow and, and, and help yourself spiritually. And you know, all those things that, that I, yeah. I am a strong believer in that. Exactly. I, you know, my, my thing is just stop complaining and take advantage of this time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're, we're always on such a, you know, a rat race. We're just always running here and there and, 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 you know, especially, you know, with you traveling, you know, and, and yeah. I, I travel a lot too. And, you know, always on planes and in the cars and in LA we're in, you know, traffic and whatnot, yeah. but, you know, now it's kind of like a forced time to sit and learn and, and absorb and take in everything and, and, and educate ourselves. You know, I'm yeah. learning French right now. So <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. Like, you know what, what can I do? I have a whole bunch of books. I'm reading books every day. I'm, you know, learning French. I'm doing online courses and it's That's a great awesome. opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's some great links that I found for, um, like I record with logic pro. So I'm doing some online courses for logic pro. Um, I've got a stack of books here. Um, recently, um, about, well, not super recently, but maybe about six or eight months ago, I got really got into the Marie Kondo thing. And I actually went through and I got, I went through my closet and I went through paperwork and I went through all my books and I got rid of so much extra crap in my house. I actually could probably um, afford to do it again, just to kind of like keep up with everything. But I kept all the books that have really stuck with me for my business. And I'm like, I'm going to reread those. And I'm going to, I'm going to put a lot of that, you know, it's good to reread books that you get inspired by, but for as humans, we, we need, (laughs) we need a little bit of time to like really put, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to create good habits. Right. Well, actually I'm reading a book called Atomic Habits right now. So it's Kind of funny you brought that up. <laughs> ah, okay. um, it's about, you know, um, um, building, you know, habits incrementally, you know, 1% at a time. It's, it's a great book. I'm probably chapter four right now. So I still have a ways to go in it, but that's another good read for, uh, 
for you during this. It's called Atomic it. Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. The author is okay. James Clear. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty good. It, and it's it's really it gets you thinking, right? Like how to develop new good habits and how you can start to kick the the bad habits. So yeah, you know what? It's the perfect time right now to work on building good habits. Absolutely. So <laughs> if, if you're into that, which I, I will definitely 100% check that out. Um, I actually just before all of this um, coronavirus hit, I actually read and finished um, The One Thing. I don't know if you've read that. I've heard of that, but I haven't read it yet. It is excellent. It's right on the same path of what you were just talking about, about creating good habits, um, about um, really focusing on, um, that's one thing I, I really wanted to tell you about is that that's been really a life-changing book for me as well. Um, for me, you know, I'm, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a musician. I, I do a lot of different things in my life, just like anyone, just like anybody in life. We all have like a million things. I'm not saying I'm special by any means, but you know, when you work from home, you know, I'm, I'm God, I'm so lucky that I even have a room that I can go into but when you work from home, there's emails and there's phone calls and there's, you know, picking kids up from school and homework and making dinner and doing the, I mean, it's just all these things that we could do everything all day long, right? But the one thing, the book, the one thing talks about, what is your one thing? What's your one thing that you need to do today that's going to help you, that's the most effective thing that's going to help you in your career? And I sound like I'm like, being paid to, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm really not. but, um, but I have truly actually put into action all the things they've talked about. I've read a lot of books about this. Um, Brian Tracy is another great author. He, um, he has a book called get smart. It's also really good. They all talk about putting your email away, putting your phone away and putting a timer on and just working on one thing at a time and really focusing and not multitasking. There's no true thing as multitasking. There's no such thing. People think that we multitask. Multitask comes from a term used to describe computers. We're not computers. <laughs> we do one thing at a time. And when you're, multita when you're multitasking, quote unquote, you're really just doing everything at a, at a minimal level. Just do one thing at a time and do it at your best. Yeah, I was actually going to ask, um, you know, with all the things going on, how you stay productive. And that's a great, a great tip. Um, I do the Pomodoro method. So I do 25 minutes of, of work on one thing and then I take five minutes to do something else to get up, move around, especially, especially now I work from home from eight to four 30 yeah. and then I immediately switch computers and I start working on the podcast or, you know, the blog and the business. Yeah. Um, so that's been very helpful to really break up the day to focus on, you know, this is the task I'm doing right now. And it sounds like you do, you know, something very similar, just. Yeah. I am. Um, you know, and... Yeah. For, I think for a creative, um, you know, people that are like writing music or doing art. Um, so what I, what I try to do, what I'm trying to do is every week, say on like Sunday, I will sit down and plan out my week. I will actually write out my schedule every day. Okay, I from 8 to 12, for example, 8 to 12, I'm going to get into the studio and I'm going to practice this or I'm going to write this or I'm going to do this. And in that four-hour span, I'll do, say, like an hour on, 10 minutes off or whatever it is that I feel I can do. And then I'll take a lunch break and then I go back and I'll do my managerial things. So 
to, for me, if I start my day with all the managerial things and emails and interviews and all this stuff, I don't get to my creative stuff. I kind of lose my, my steam and my energy on that. So I try to do that the first half of the day. I try to do, try to get out and exercise every day. Um, and then the, in the afternoon, that's when I will schedule, okay, for this hour, I'm doing social media posts, emails. Um, this hour, I'm reading, I'm educating myself, you know, things like that. And having it planned out every day. The one thing book talks about having your 411, which is actually filling out a paper every week about what your, your goals are per week. And then you go into what's your monthly goal. And then you go into what's your yearly goal and what's your five, you know, five-year goal, your long-term goals, things like that. And working backwards from that. I love that. I'm going to have to pick up that book. That's going to yeah, probably be my, the next on my list to, to order. They also have really, really good podcasts. I've been listening to their podcasts, um, which is when I was driving to gigs, I would always put on a podcast um, or music I'm learning, but usually a podcast to give my ears a break. And they talk about creating good habits, um, all of that stuff. It's really, really interesting. Yeah. And I think that's so important for, you know, like we said, work people working from home, but, you know, for for artists who might be doing the, the nine to five and then, you know, building their career as a side hustle right now. And, um, you know, a lot of us right now aren't going to work, but to right. develop those habits now while we're home, you know, like it, I've, I've learned for myself, um, you know, I have to, I do my eight to four thirty, and then four thirty I have to stop. I put the, the work laptop away. I get up, I take a walk outside and that's kind of like my commute, my, my break, Right. you know, I have to kind of think of it as, okay, this is the work day. And now, now this is, you know, the, the business and make it a break and then get, then get into my, my, my business side of the Pomodoro method and all that. So, yeah. I mean, how, how lucky are we that we have the internet to connect with each other and, to get knowledge and to be able to stay up until two in the morning and get it done and still go to, I mean, it's, we, we really are in such, you know, a lot of, a lot of musicians talk about social media and all these things that are kind of like ruining the music industry. I actually think quite the opposite. I think that this is a huge benefit. Look, I have the worldwide audience at my fingertips. Right. Yeah. I've, I've heard that too. Um, you know, a lot of, I, you know, I don't want to use Instagram. I don't like Instagram. You know, and it's like, well, you know, okay, I'm not saying you have to use it for your personal, but right. think of, you know, it's going back to that mindset shift of, of being that entrepreneur. Okay, this is a tool. How can I use this tool to grow my business, to share with the world? Right now, I mean, everybody's, you know, seems to be doing it at four o'clock, five o'clock Pacific, but a lot of artists are going live. They're doing yeah. performances, you yeah. know, um, Ben Gibbard from Death Cab for Cuties doing uh, YouTube live every day at four. Andrew McMahon in the wilderness. He's going on Instagram live every day at four. I think Jimmy world started something the other day too. So it, it's, they're, you know, seeing it as, you know, connecting with their fans, you know, and, and keeping people's spirits up and really using yeah. it as a tool. Yes. That's, I've, I've been doing, it's forced me to go live a lot and talk to my fans more and they love it. It's awesome. I'm really using this time to connect with my fans at a deeper level. Um, you know, what, um, last week when I was actually still going out and performing, um, I, I got out of the shower, I had my hair in a turban, 
towel turban and I had like one of those Korean paper masks on my face and like I was in a robe and I just I was like I just went live and like talked to people and like they thought it was hilarious and funny but it's you know they like to see that part of our world this is what I do before I get ready for a gig you know and I do right. my well, it, it makes you seem real and authentic. And I think yeah. that's what a lot of people, especially now are looking for. They're looking for, you know, what is my favorite artist doing? How are they handling this? Cause they're taking cues from, from artists, from business owners, from, you know, the people who are out in the spotlight, you know, yes. how do I, how do I get through this? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And even, Absolutely. even, you know, before all this too, it was very similar, right? It was, yeah. They were really looking for that authenticity. So it's just even more important now to to be be there and to be authentic and just show up. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Um, Shifting gears a little bit, we kind of talked about it earlier, but um, the the Broken Glass podcast is, is meant to highlight women and to talk about, you know, the different struggles we have in the industry and how we've overcome them. Um, so, you know, I think you mentioned it briefly, but, you know, have you come across any kind of resistance uh, as a female musician, you know, being the only girl in, in the, you know, the band, the studio most of the time? And how did you overcome that? Um, well, like I said before, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Like, I'm, a, you know, I, was, I have five brothers, so I was really raised... Um, in the boy world, <laughs> um, you know, I was a tomboy. I ran around with the guys, you know, we played basketball and street hockey and, you know, all that. Like, so for me personally, I've never been, I was never treated any different. I was just one of the, one of the, the kids, boys. Yeah. The boys. I mean, yeah. it was like, there was not like, Oh, you're a girl. You can't do that. Um, so, so my roots, I'm very lucky with that. Um, then moving forward, of course, you know, I'm, I'm really close with my brother, especially my big brother. I always went and tagged along with him and his buddies and we would hang out and I had taught myself guitar along the way of learning violin and we would jam and hang out and just experiment with music and stuff. And so, um, you know, moving forward into the music industry, yes, it's predominantly, um, uh, you know, a male industry. Um, it's, it is getting better. There is a lot more females in the industry um, to date, but still it's heavily <laughs> dominated by men. Um, so, you know, that goes to, of course, it's, um, you know, being educated is extremely important. I think for women, knowing what you're getting yourself into, knowing everything. Um, I'm almost always the only girl in the band. Uh, for me, um, if I get, you know, I think women are very intuitive and it's really important being a woman in the industry to listen to your gut and listen to your intuition, because if something doesn't feel right, or if you're getting those vibes from a guy, for me personally, if I'm getting vibes from a guy, if it's anything other than we're here to work together, I pretty much get myself out of the situation. I don't even, I don't mess around or I hit it right on the head. I mean, I will approach somebody and just say, look, I'm here to play music. I'm not here for anything else. So um, I think being, you know, straightforward, you don't have to be rude. You don't have to be get in somebody's face. You don't have to cuss somebody out. But I think you need to be strong and I think you need to know what's going on. Um, you know, being in the studio, same thing, you know, being pretty much the only woman. 
And when you do come across getting to play with another woman, we're, we're in this together, like lift each other up. There is no competition happening. There is, I know some extremely talented female musicians and we are, we're like sisters. We, we band together and that's what it's all about. And, and I also must say that, uh, I have in the past gotten a lot of flack about being a girl in the music industry. I can remember actually like setting up to play with bands. Um, years ago, we had a residency and we would play at this place like every weekend in Sunset Beach. And there would be guys sitting there watching me set up. And I can remember hearing them say, oh, she must be the roadie or she must be somebody's boy um, girlfriend in the band. And my style is I don't say anything. I can, I'm very, um, I observe a lot. I listen and I watch a lot. And so I would observe that and I would kind of like laugh to myself and I wouldn't say anything to them. And then the band would get up and start playing and I would get up there and totally kick ass. And then the guys are like, like jaws are like on the ground. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> she is one of the musicians. Yeah. You know, just, um, being, you know, know your craft and really go in there and kick ass and just be, be a strong woman. Um, you know, I even going to see my, I have a lot of guy friends. I have a lot of guy friends that are musicians and I'll go watch them play. And a lot of times, sometimes I'll just be by myself. Um, and you know, people are like, Oh, you're here to see the band. Yeah. I'm here to see the band. Oh, which one is your boyfriend? I'm like, none of them. They're my, they're my bros. They're my buddies. So it's it's interesting, you know, going down that path. But most most of my experience has been positive. But I I do surround myself. Every band that I play with, the guys in the bands, we're like brothers. We're like family. They know my husband. Like we are just we're all in it together. And nobody treats anybody like, oh, you're the guy in the band or you're the girl in the band. We're just all musicians. Right. Yeah. No, and that's, that's great advice too. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people should really kind of really take that advice. Um, just, you know, be you, I think is, is the most important thing. Yes. Um, you know, don't let it, don't let what other people say or think really get to you, you know, kind of own it, own it yourself and, um, you know, just keep doing, keep doing you. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, it goes back to what you're saying about being authentic and being yourself you know, for anybody, if you're a guy or a girl, but I truly find that the times when I'm on stage and I just completely let go and be myself, I'm completely authentic. People are so attracted to that. That's what they want to see. That's what inspires them. That's what gets down to their heart and soul. That's what makes them cry when they watch me play. I mean, that's, that's what, what connects us all as humans. It's just completely being yourself if you don't like what you see and you don't like how I dress or that I like to be sexy or that I like to be artistic or that I'm outspoken, you don't have to be here. You don't have to watch right. me. Exactly. <laughs> There's plenty of people that want to watch <laughs> me. Like the door is right there. I'm not worried about, you're always going to have somebody that's going to have something to say about what you're doing. You are always going to have somebody saying, you know, don't be like this. Don't be like that. We don't need that in the world. It's like, well, you don't even have to be here watching me. We're, we're <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's lots of other places you could go right now and yeah, <laughs> other bands you could see. So absolutely. Yeah. 
Definitely great advice. Um, as we kind of wrap up here, um, you know, I know we talked about, you know, our, our lives are kind of shifting right now. Do you yeah. have anything um, that you're looking forward to coming up in the next, I mean, I guess we'll go out six, six months to a year right now. Um, I know you said you do some original music and, and all that. Yeah. Um, right now, to be honest, like it's, it's such a crazy time. All of my, um, dates to be playing like the big festivals I was really excited about and my fly dates and stuff are all canceled. Um, what I would say I'm looking forward to in the next month is getting back out and just performing and just kind of starting to lead a more regular life. But truly I would say, uh, right now I'm actually just really, I'm actually really excited to be reading books, educating myself on everything we just talked about, um, and coming out of this um, a better, stronger individual musician. Um, I think in six months or eight months, I think you're going to see me releasing some original music because I have a lot of time right now to be doing <laughs> that. And I'm really, really excited about that. Yeah. I'm so excited about that, to be completely honest. Yeah, that'll be great. And when that comes out, we'll definitely share it. Uh um, on our platforms. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, awesome. you're welcome. Um, so where can my listeners find you, find your music, follow you, find your, I guess if you're doing any Instagram lives or YouTube lives or, you know, anything coming up in the next, uh, little bit here? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going live almost every day on Instagram. Um, so Instagram is, um, Emily V the letter V official. That's one word, Emily V official. I'm really, really active on Instagram right now. Um, all of that translates to my Facebook artist page, um, which is facebook.com slash Emily V music. Um, those are the two platforms I'm really, really active on. I'm actually working on my YouTube channel, so I'm not going to put the channel out there just yet. It is live, um, but I'm actually working on recording some. I have a really cool... Um, YouTube series that I'm uh, recording for right now that's going to be cool. Um, it's going to be me playing um, guitar solos that you guys know on violin. Oh, that's um, really cool. Yeah, yeah, so I'm doing some fun stuff with that, um, and I will really push that out there once I once I get it all uh, live. So that's that's what I got going right now. All right, awesome. I'll link to those in the show notes so my listeners can find you. And I'll also link to all these uh, resources that we talked about um, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast today, Emily. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was awesome. Thank you for listening to the Broken Glass Podcast. If you like the show and want to know more, visit www.brokenglassmediallc.com subscribe to the podcast and don't forget to leave a review. Join me each week to hear new stories, learn all about the tools and resources available to you, and get tips for building a career in music. If you're interested in becoming part of a community of supportive women in music, join our secret community on Facebook at the Broken Glass Collective.